0: Happy Thursday, everybody! It is Thursday, August 25th, and we are nine days away from Razorback football, Arkansas versus Cincinnati. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday, 2:30 p.m. Central Time in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Get ready! Because Arkansas today, Thursday, August 25th, they start Cincinnati prep. So no longer do we have to ask questions about, uh, yeah, blank, what do you feel about uh, Isaiah Nichols at defensive tackle? How do you think he's doing in fall camp? Now we can ask, what are you seeing from Cincinnati? Because the we've been asking those questions, and every time it's just like, well, we haven't really started on them. And I, I mean, like obviously they have looked at Cincinnati. Like, there's no way that they went all summer long without looking at Cincinnati.
1: So, and it feels like the the first question of the press conferences each of the last, I don't know, three, four days. This whole week, it's been like this is the longest nine, ten, eleven days of your life.
0: Yes, and it is nine days now. They get to start Cincinnati prep today, and we we'll only get we'll we will only get one chance to ask them. Before next week, because there's no media availability Friday, no media availability Saturday. So the next time we get somebody will be Sam Pittman next Monday at noon, which is when he has his normal Monday press conference. So um, exciting stuff. You're listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast. I'm Mason Choate. He is Robert Stewart. The Gridiron Hogs podcast is powered by Hogbeat.com. Go visit it. H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T dot com. We are part of the Rivals Network. We are the Arkansas website covering the Arkansas Razorbacks. So uh, go visit it. A lot of great content. Uh, we got a lot of great podcasts, good stories going up over there. You can look at my practice notebook every day. That's premium. But I'm telling you, in just a few days, that premium price will no longer be like premium. It's going to be really freaking good. So uh, just keep that in the back of your head. Just, you know, if you're a married man like myself, just tell your wife, hey, can we set, um, I don't know, I'll say, No, I can't say a price. I can't say a price. But can we set a little bit of cash aside so that come September 1st, I can purchase this subscription to this website that I very much enjoy? Because I know that a lot of our listeners are doing that. So just go ahead and say, hey, let's just set a little bit of cash aside. Trust me, it's not going to be a whole lot. I promise. Like for a year-long subscription, it's going to be amazing. So visit hogbeat.com. A lot of great, great stuff. The trough is the message board over there. Um, it's gotten a lot better it used to be kind of bad but I I love the guys over at the trough so um today Robert on today's episode we're going to be talking about the most vital players for Arkansas going into this season um I feel like a lot of the answers are very obvious um and I I put out a list or I, I've been doing a series the 10 most important players for Arkansas in 2022 23 because you would expect they're going to be playing a bowl game could maybe not be in 23 but Anyways, um I'm at number 3 now. So we can go through that list of players that I had. And I I wrote I I made the list before fall camp. So I would shift a few things around, but I'm at number 3 now and then I have number 1 and 2 left. I'm going to do next I'm going to do that next week. So um but that's what we're going to be talking about today, but let's talk about Tuesday's practice or Wednesday's practice, excuse me. Uh what do you see from Wednesday's practice, Robert? I think there was one glaring thing.
1: Well, yeah, the 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 two biggest things were absences we didn't get a whole lot of time to watch um Wednesday's practice but like you said the, the glaring thing Jaden Hazelwood not being in practice that seems notable um don't know why yet so let's not speculate but uh and the the other injury is is or not injury excuse me absence from practice Brady Latham that's day number two so they had to shift them shift some things around uh I believe they said that Bo Limmer moved the other side of the other side of the line at left guard. Right. Yeah. Um, you move, move Dalton Wagner into right guard and Tyke's Crawford plays right tackle. Um, so, no, no, I no. mean,
0: you got that mixed up. Tyke's Crawford at right guard Wagner's okay. tackle. Cause okay, that's one thing me. that Pittman wanted to do a lot was have Crawford be able to play on the right side of the line right at guard or tackle. And I mean, we heard from Crawford yesterday. He was like, wherever they want me to play, I'll play. I mean right, that right. dude. That dude just wants to play football. Like he just wants to be on the field.
1: And and you've heard so much praise for him, particularly from Pittman. You know, over the last however long it's been, it it feels like he is he's worthy of playing on the starting line, offensive line. You know, I mean, we'll get to this later. But on that list of the the ten most important Razorbacks going into the season, the left tackle was one of them. I wrote that story. Uh, we didn't know at the time that Luke Jones was going to take it uh, and run with it, but I feel like I wrote a lot about Tyke's Crawford in that story.
0: Yeah. And the the unfortunate thing is that right once fall camp started and we asked Sam Pittman about it, he was like, Yeah, we're we don't want Tykees to be at left tackle. We want him to focus on the right side of the line, be able to be over there. And so, but I, I mean it's not really unfortunate. Um, because Luke Jones apparently is doing a great job, and so that's that's good for the team. Um, I guess the only unfortunate thing is that you wrote the story and you had a lot of Tyke's Crawford for a position that he's probably not going to play.
1: <laughs> well, I, there was a lot of Tyke's Crawford material. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. <laughs>
0: yeah, Ty, Tyke's Crawford. I mean, he's he's a big dude. You expect him to play. Sam Pittman said he's he's going to expect him to play. So and he's kind of like that sixth man on the offensive line. So if if anybody goes down, God forbid, then Tyke's Crawford can slide in
1: there. Um yeah, I mean Ricky Stromberg too, even like he's he's had uh he had an elbow issue the other day. We saw his elbow wrapped up, right? Um I mean if, if Bo Limmer needs to move to center, then I mean Crawford could play either guard position, either tackle position. It's he he's the perfect utility man for the offensive line.
0: Yeah. All right. So um another thing from practice. Dwight McLuthern moved up to second team during fastball, which is a thing that we've kind of been keeping an eye on. He's been on third team for as long as I can remember. I don't know if I've seen a practice with my own eyes that he was not on the third team. Um, so he is with the second team now, and that's a big thing because as we talked about in yesterday's episode, Hudson Clark is probably the one corner that has locked down a starting spot. They're looking for that second guy, and it's really between Ladarius Bishop Malik Chavis, and Dwight McGluthorne, I feel like. Those are the three guys. And so I, I would be shocked if McLuthern doesn't win the job. I, let's not say shocked. I would be surprised. I would be a little curious to hear an explanation or hear why it wasn't McLean. Um, Because, I mean, let's just be honest. He's probably the most talented cornerback on the team as far as just, like, raw athletic talent goes.
1: Right. I mean, you figured that he's been – low on these fastball depth charts uh so that they can maybe get him more adjusted to the system I don't know but the thing is about these depth charts is that they're not official we cannot take them for what they are uh you you got to take them with a grain of salt it's it's encouraging uh, for him that he's moving up but I mean, just because he's been on the third team doesn't mean he's going to stay on the third team. Just because he is on the second team doesn't mean he's going to stay on the second team. So, uh, the the progress seems like it's good, at least for him, learning the system, learning the defense. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out come this time next week.
0: Yep, excited, excited for it. Um, and then also the first team defense ran a three three five alignment. So, they were running with three linebackers, and those were Drew Sanders, Bumper Pool, and Pooh Paul. So, um, that third linebacker is kind of rotated between Pooh Paul and Jackson Woodard um, throughout fall camp during fastball periods. And so, those are the guys that you would t- expect to be there. Jordan Crook, a true freshman, he's a guy that I would be okay with him also being one of those players as the third linebacker because it's going to be Drew Sanders and Bumper Pool. Like those, those two guys are your starters. Um, but when they run a three-three-five, they're able to throw another guy in there and probably put Drew Sanders. Um, they they'll probably rush him to the quarterback. To be quite honest, like if they're having three linebackers in, they're probably going to want to do something special with Drew Sanders because he is the probably the most athletic of the linebackers, at least the guys who are going to play a lot. So, and then with Jaden Hazelwood's absence, Keytron Jackson was the slot receiver. He's normally on the outside. Um, so that was a little bit interesting, but, you know, it's fastball. They're they're trying to get guys, you know, adjusted to every possible outcome they could see during a game if anything happens. So Keydron Jackson in the slot. Don't expect to see that a whole lot, but it was interesting to see. Um, okay, Robert, let's get into this. Most vital players for Arkansas entering this season. Should I go through my top 10 players list just so we can – Do that, or do you think that's a good idea? Might as well. Okay, let me pull it up. I didn't have it pulled it up. Um, talk for a second.
1: Are we going to start at one? Because I mean, that's I feel like that's a very obvious place to start.
0: Um,
1: no. Okay, not going to start at one. Well, uh, but
0: because I mean, it's pretty obvious who number one is going to be on my list. I haven't released that story, but I mean, it's yeah, yeah. You can go ahead and say you, it. You
1: <laughs> you can guess it's KJ Jefferson. Like yeah, K. J. this Jefferson. is this is not a knock on Malik Hornsby, but you've you've got a returning starting quarterback like who who played very very well last year. Everybody's expecting him to take a step up. He's they said he's grown even more over the off season. Like. That's just – it's going to be an unthinkable loss if, if he is out for even one game. It's, it's going to be tough to, to manage without QB1. That's just, that's just how it goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, K.J. Jefferson is the unquestioned leader of this team. He is, he's gone from being the leader because he's the quarterback to being the leader because he is the leader. Like, he, he has become a vocal leader – he is that guy on the field. And not only is he like a physical presence, but he's also a smart guy. He's got a high football IQ. Um, You can tell he knows how to run the offense. They trust him to run the offense. He He's able to, you know, do very well against the top defenses in the country. You saw how he performed last season against teams like Alabama. Um, The Georgia game was a little bit – yeah, well, let's just throw that one out. But <clears> – <throat> It's K.J. Jefferson. Um, Think back to the Texas A&M game last year when K.J. went out and they had to bring Malik Hornsby in, and the offense just stalled. They could not do anything offensively. And as you mentioned, no knock to Malik Hornsby. You're not expecting Malik Hornsby to step in and be, you know, at the level that K.J. Jefferson is. That would be unfair. But right. it's also fair to say that you are taking a step down, And you are then less confident in the guy playing quarterback, which means you're probably going from, you know, anywhere from the eight to 10 range of expected wins to probably like the four to six range of expected wins. If, if you don't have KJ Jefferson as your starting quarterback.
1: Right. And as far as Hornsby's concerned, like we've heard folks say during press conferences that he is night and day, a better passer than he was last year. And, you know, the the A and M game is a perfect example of what it what it was like to take that step down last year. Hopefully it's not that drastic this year, if it needs to happen. But, you know, the Outback Bowl, that was another one. Like they were fortunate that they had comfortable leads in both of those games because I mean if you need if you needed Malik Hornsby to throw the ball last year, you were in a bit of a tight spot.
0: And also, like Malik Hornsby, I don't think has that backup spot locked in yet. I don't know. I mean, like I would assume it's gonna be Malik Hornsby if KJ Jefferson, God forbid, was to go down. But it could also be Cade Fortin. They really like Cade Forton. Sam Pittman right. himself really likes Cade Fortin. Um, so it's not like a lock that Malik Hornsby would be the guy to step in. I think that as of now, that's probably the case, but Cade Forden is also a very talented quarterback and they really like him and they brought him in for a reason. So um, it could also be him, but either way, whoever it is, it's going to be a step down from KJ Jefferson. So that's why he is the most vital player. And you know that, as we mentioned, that's a pretty obvious answer, but I mean that's what that it, it is what it is. So let's go through my 10 most important players. I have 10 through three so far. You can go find it on the hogbeat website just type in hog 10 most important players and you'll find it um i have a list with links to every single one in the stories so number 10 drew sanders um i think that he's going to be very good defensively i think he has the potential to be an all sec linebacker number nine isaiah nichols he is the leader on that defensive line vocal leader um i mean i at, at some point isaiah nichols has to step up and you know actually produce and be great on the field. Um, he said it himself. He doesn't think he's reached his potential. I don't think he has either. This is his last season to get that. So Isaiah Nichols at number nine. Number eight, Cam Little. That's your kicker. Um, when I wrote this, I didn't realize how much they like Jake Bates. So when we talk about most vital players, if Cam Little, if something was to happen to him, I think they would be okay with Jake Bates.
1: I, I think they would too and and you know as much praise as Jake Bates has gotten this fall camp it's it's almost surprising like the thought of as as great as a freshman season Cam Little had like if if he has a minor slip-up it feels like he could lose the job
0: yeah I don't know if he would lose the job I do think that I mean, Sam Pittman said it. Sam, I think Sam wants Little to be the kickoff guy, probably because he thinks Little is the better kickoff guy. But Scott right. Fountain really wants Jake Bates to be it so Little can focus on field goals. And, I, I mean, I think that worked out well last year with Vito Calvaruso as your kickoff guy. Um, but, I mean, Cam Little has the potential to be one of the better kickers in the SEC. I think he already is. Um, yeah. Preseason, he's not being, you know, respected that way. But... uh we'll see this season. That's why I have him at number eight. You got to have a, a great kicker and Arkansas has a great kicker and that's why he's one of the most important players. Uh, number seven, Ricky Stromberg. I would move him up at this point. I think I would move Ricky Stromberg up to at least the top five at this point. Seeing the, uh, seeing what, no offense to Patrick Kudis, but seeing what Patrick Kudis looks like at center um, because he had to step in for Josh Street on the second team. Just seeing that they're not confident in a guy snapping the ball consistently aside from Ricky Stromberg. And I, we haven't seen Limmer or Latham snap the ball. Um, I'm assuming that they're pretty good at it. Um, But Ricky Stromberg, if that guy gets hurt, you know, you're, you're having to switch up the offensive line. Yes. They've, they've planned for this situation if, if, if needed, but that's an all sec guy, potential all American guy at center you have and you need him there.
1: Right. It's it's sort of the same thing with Jefferson, right? It's it's not so much the options below him as it is just that's that's an all sec talent. Like I mean, consistently from the end of last year, I mean during the season last year too, the end of last year, preseason, Ricky Stromberg consistently top one of the top centers in the SEC. Like that's that would be a tough blow if it came down to it. Um, like you said, we haven't seen either Latham or Limmer at center Uh, during the limited time we've gotten to see practice. But surely, you know, if they feel okay, then like I said earlier, you just stick Tykes Crawford in wherever, and they can make do, you know, for hopefully the short period of time. If, if there were to be an injury to Ricky Stromberg, a long-term injury, that'd be a different story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Number six, Dominique Johnson slash Rocket Sanders. Basically I'm saying the RB one, both of those guys will be battling for it. So it's going to be rocket Sanders week one against Cincinnati. Dominic Johnson's still in a green Jersey, still got the brace on his right knee. Um, but either one of those guys, I mean, they're going to be huge for Arkansas as far as moving the ball. Cause you know, Arkansas is a run first team. So those are going to be the guys getting the majority of the carries. That's why they're at number six, number five, left tackle. Uh, now we know it's Luke Jones. And so I think I might move Luke Jones back a little bit because I think that they have that depth. They have the, the confidence in somebody else moving in there. Maybe not as much at left tackle as right tackle. Um, at left tackle right now, if something was to happen, it would probably be true freshman Andrew Shambly moving up to left tackle. And I'll tell you what, that dude is a big, 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 big person. Like, I, I stood next to him the other day at practice, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy is humongous. so But he's a true freshman. And so that's that's your only thing there. But, I mean, left tackle, you're protecting K.J.'s blind side. That's why it's one of the more important spots. And all the other guys, including K.J., all the offensive linemen, K.J. Jefferson, Cody Kennedy, Sam Pimmon, they've all only spoken good things about Luke Jones, which is to be expected. But also, like, they're saying they're not worried about it whatsoever. KJ Jefferson said he does not think about it. and so that's that's a good thing. okay. um number four, bumper pool pretty self-explanatory. like this is the leader of your defense along with uh, Jalen Catalan. If something happens to bumper pool, um you're having to worry about you know moving somebody else in who has significantly less experience, but bumper pool has the the He has the chance to be one of the best linebackers. I mean, I think he already is one of the best linebackers in the country just based off of sample size. Um, But he can be really good this year. He can get the tackle uh, record at the University of Arkansas. I mean, he should get that by halfway through the season. I think he only needs like 60-something tackles. And so Bumper pulls your guy. He's a leader. He's good at what he does, and that's why he's number four. Number three, Jaden Hazelwood. I would move Jaden Hazelwood back now because of how good the rest of the receiver room is. Entering fall camp, which is when I made this list, Jaden Hazelwood was like the guy. We didn't know what to expect from Matt Landers. We didn't know what to expect from Keetron Jackson. We didn't know what to expect from the freshman. We didn't know what to expect from Warren Thompson. And so it was like, Jaden Hazelwood, you brought this guy in. Incredible get. He's going to be that guy. And now it feels like they have a lot of that guys,
1: you know? Well, they certainly seem motivated. I mean, we heard it from Warren Thompson the other day. Uh, like you said, it's the Michael Jordan meme, like in real life. They they took it personal when they heard that, you know, people were viewing the wide receiver room as the biggest question mark on the team. And it it really feels like we've seen a lot of guys step up. Thompson, namely. Uh, Keatron Jackson's up there. The freshmen are very, very interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm dying to see how they fit into the mix. But, I mean, like you said, Jaden Hazelwood, right now appears to be the clear cut number one. So, I mean, hopefully he gets back on the practice field sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Um, with the three freshmen, I cannot decide which one I think is going to be better this season. As far as like, who's probably going to have the better stats. Like that's what we think of, you know, that's, that for the most part, that's how we determine how good somebody did was their stats who I, I can't I can't figure out who I think is probably going to have more catches, more receiving yards because I think they're all going to play probably the same amount. Maybe it depends, um, but they're they all look really good in practice. They do, and I think right now it's probably between McAdoo and Satania. No offense to Bakay, but McAdoo and Satania they were the four stars coming in. I think that they have been uh, making plays and getting targeted um a little bit more often than Bakay from what we've seen and we only see a very very small amount of what they do it's probably going to be Satania i think the speed sets him apart
1: that's what i was thinking
0: and and Pittman every time he talks about satania he focuses more on how smart he is than how fast he is and, and that's got to be too. and that's got to be a hard thing to do when you have a guy that that's, that is that fast you know yeah so i think that satania He's going to be good. But, yeah, Jaden Hazelwood, I mean, he's still probably a top five guy. I might move him back to five. Well, let's see. So that would be moving – I'd probably move Stromberg to three, keep Poole at five, move Hazelwood – no, keep Poole at four, move Hazelwood to five, and then move Luke Jones back to seven where Stromberg is. That's probably what I would do. So I like think – Like that shuffle. Yeah, I think Hazelwood is still going to be important – um, we'll have an episode of our mailbag. I did a mailbag over at the trough on hogbeat.com. We'll probably do our mailbag episode tomorrow. Somebody asked me who I think is going to be the leading receiver. And I said, Jaden Hazelwood, let's not overthink this. Everybody like, yeah. let's, I mean like Matt Landers, he's probably going to be great. Warren Thompson, he's probably going to be much improved, but it's still Jaden Hazelwood. Let's not overthink it. Jaden Hazelwood should lead the team in receiving yards this season. So, um, I think we hit him. You have anybody else? I mean, it's it's really just KJ Ricky. Um, we didn't even talk Jalen Catalan yet, but Jalen Catalan, he's he's one of the leaders on the defensive side or alongside Bumper pull. But with Jalen Catalan, you saw last year he wasn't there down the stretch, and you could tell he wasn't there. They were getting beat over the top much more often than they normally did, especially in that old miss game, um, which is the game that he got hurt in. Think think to the second half of that game, how it looked. Um, but here's the thing with Jalen Catalan. I have respect for him. I think he's a great player. They are deep at safety. Really deep. They brought in Latavius Brini from Georgia or from Georgia. They got Jaden Johnson. Simeon Blair is back there. Miles Slusher can move back like he did last year. They're really deep. They got a couple of freshmen as well. Anthony Brown, a talented freshman. Um, I think they're much deeper at safety. Then I would say they are at linebacker right now because you got Drew Sanders, bumper Pool, And then, as I mentioned earlier, guys who don't have a whole lot of experience. Yes, they're probably talented, like Pooh Paul. We know Pooh Paul is going to be pretty good. Uh, Manny Powell, freshman, he's going to be good. Jordan Crook, um, and then Jackson Woodard. Like those guys, we feel like they can be good, but at safety, like you've seen them be good. You've seen Miles Slusher be good. You've seen Jaden Johnson be good. Latavius Breenie played on the greatest defense of all time probably last season. So, That's what I had to say about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all about sample size and known, known commodities. And that's what, that's what the the hogs have at secondary right now.
0: Yep. All right. We got to wrap this up because we promised everybody we'd keep it to 15 to 20 minutes. So um, tomorrow we'll do a mailbag episode. We'll talk what we heard um, from the first day of Cincinnati prep, and then we'll get y'all set for the weekend. And then after that, the next time we'll talk to you after tomorrow's episode. It'll be game week. Game week. Game week. All right, go to hogbeat.com, subscribe, check out the Hogbeat YouTube, practice video, press conferences, podcasts, all you want over at hogbeat.com. Thank you for listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast.